1: it's time for the NASCAR DFS strategy show right here on AwesomeO.com. of course I am Jason Floyd as always joined by race sheets here on a Saturday afternoon Phil how's it going man I can't complain man I cannot complain on my end everything is uh is good on my end uh a beautiful day here in in Tampa uh you know and uh, you know ready to talk a little NASCAR DFS with you man. Uh, so, uh, obviously, I, I've read some of the pieces that you have up over at, at AwesomeO.com, and as always, i uh, like to uh, start off the show by talking about some of the questions that you have, or I have exactly, uh, in, in terms of this NASCAR DFS lineup. First off, let's talk about a little lineup construction and how many Dominators you need. You wrote AwesomeO this week of two Dominators is what you need, but maybe a sneaky third Dominator could slip into your lineup.
2: Right, you know, we, we have gone from a 400 lap race, a 500 lap race, and now we're back down to 267 at an intermediate track. So obviously, we apply the sliding uh, the sliding uh, scale rule that I talk about with your dominators. You know, as the as the amount of laps decrease, so also does your need for dominators. So with 267, we're looking at the lower end with two and. You could possibly look to three, but that is only for DraftKings. Um, for cash purposes on draft teams, you're definitely looking at two. Mm-hmm. I would not push that that number to three. We have a few drivers that are that are priced up that we'll get to later, like a William Byron, like a Jimmy Johnson, that will easily outscore probably what a what a third uh, dominator does via their via their place differential. But you know, if you're if you're looking to get a little out there with your GPP lineups, you could remove those guys at a third dominator in there in case the, the labs get uh, split a little more evenly.
1: Another thing you wrote about this week uh, was about Kevin Harvick being on the poll uh, fifth time this year, I guess technically you could say six, but another was because of a, uh, you know, a technical issue. But when you look at uh, in terms of the fifth pole this year for Harvick, is it a potential fade? And you mentioned about the four times, other four times he's won the pole here or been on the pole. I guess you should, should say Kansas led nine laps, finished fourth; Daytona Road Course led zero laps, finished seventeenth; Daytona led six laps, finished twentieth; Richmond led forty-one laps, finished seventh. So uh, what's what's kind of your take in, in terms of Kevin Harvick as a pole sitter and in terms of our roster construction,
2: right? Yeah, you know, Harvick already stands out to us this week because he is the most expensive driver on on both sides. Now, thirteen five for Harvick on FanDuel. I mean, that's so so because we've had drivers near the fifteen thousand mark th- this year. But that eleven mm-hmm. seven price for for Kevin on on DraftKings. That's you know you're, you're getting into into tough territory for him to hit that 5x that's that 6x and especially when we only have 267 laps and when you throw in those numbers that you just cited off about what he's done when he's been the pole sitter it kind of scares you now you know can we I don't want to say make excuses but can we rationalize why you know what happened talked about at Kansas he started right next to Joey Logano Logano is Logano may be a better restarter than than Harvick, and you know he initially lost the lead to Logano. Plus, in these night races at intermediate tracks, uh, Harvick's setup hasn't really been uh, so good. The two Daytona races, we're not going to hold those a- a- against him because of the very nature of of Daytona. And then the Richmond race, he you know he he led for 41 laps, but you know, the, I think the main thing here is that. Even outside of those two Daytona races, he was still getting you a top five finish. Now, the the technicality that you mentioned was you go back to the second race of the season, Harvick qualified third, but Kyle Busch, who had won the pole, ended up failing inspection, and he got moved to the back. And as you all should know, uh, when somebody in front of you fails inspection, you you just move up in line. So that put Harvick on the pole. And as the pole sitter, he ended up leading the most laps that that day in, in that race, ended up with a, with a top 10 finish, I believe he finished, yeah, he finished eighth that day. So he ended up being the top dominator that day. So it puts us in a pickle. Are we going to say that Harvick was a bad pole sitter in those previous races because of circumstances, or are we just going to trust that Harvick on the pole at a track that he's been pretty good at, a track that he's won at, that he's going to be able to take advantage of this situation.
1: Yeah, that's something to uh, definitely think about. Uh another uh, question I had for you based on something you wrote this week over at osmo.com is it a team Penske week? As you noted, three of the last four Las Vegas wins have come from them, so uh, what what's your take on uh you know maybe, maybe do we do a teams a Penske stack here?
2: Yeah, it was it was something crazy that we were possibly looking at last week and you know the the Keselowski lineups were looking awesome until he started to started to fade later in the later in the race but this is another track that Penske has all of the all of the notes on they have this track dialed in we're talking about three of the last four Las Vegas winners have come from the Penske stable two of them from Logano one from from uh, from Keselowski all three of the Penske drivers have an average finish below below 10 and in fact if you look at keselowski and logano keselowski's average finish in the last six vegas races is fourth and logano's average finish is 4.3 so i mean we're talking about dominant drivers at at a track that they have that you know they have genuinely excelled at and we're kind of back in that idea where if you discount harvick as a pole sitter because of you know whatever reasons that you're that you're coming up with with that whether it be the things that we've listed or something else then you could very well be looking at a Keslowski, Logano and then Blaney as your as your third dominator of
1: course uh, we're going to break down this race in terms of tiers we'll talk about the the top drivers in tier one who are in the 11k and 10k range on DK and we'll work our way through tier two three and four plus we'll answer your questions as we do go on so fire those up in youtube also in our premium slack account if you put the question over in slack you will get priority over there of course uh this is a nascar dfs strategy show be sure to smash that like button right now here on youtube of course uh, if for whatever reason you can't listen to us live we are available on demand as a part of the osmo podcast network all you gotta do is go to osmo.com right there top of the screen click the podcast network you'll get the link for the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show. Of course, we are here on Saturdays, 12 p.m. each time. Of course, we got a ton of coverage for you all day long over here at AwesomeO.com with NFL, NBA, MMA, MLB. So much coverage for you here today. But, uh, Phil, let's talk about this Tier 1. Uh, we kind of talked a little about uh, Kevin Harvick, 11,700 on DK, thirteen five on FanDuel. Also in this year, we got Brad Kaslowski. who will be starting 12th. Denny Hamlin starting 10th. Martin Truex Jr. starting eleventh, Joey Logano starting fifth, and Kyle Busch starting second. So uh, we're, we're kind of you know, obviously we've talked already a little bit about Kevin Harvick, but in terms of these top drivers as as a part of this field tomorrow, is there is there one that's in the you know I absolutely love them list, or and is there someone in the eh, I'm not so so keen on that guy.
2: I think for the guy that you know w- once once again we're we're in the the. The, the home stretch of NASCAR DFS. So, I mean, I'm just going balls to the wall with with my ownership. I don't care if I have 100% of a guy. If I go out in a in a blaze of glory, so be it. And a guy that I could very well end up owning 100% of in, in tournaments tomorrow and probably just slamming him in cash as well as Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. I mean, L- Logano, he hasn't exactly been the most consistent, especially at intermediate tracks since the return to racing. But, I mean, you cannot ignore what he's done at at Las, Las Vegas. I highlighted it in my article. He's leading laps in, in every race. I believe in every race ever ever since uh, 2014, he's led at least 40 laps or, or more except for, for one race. We're talking about uh winner of two of the last three Las Vegas races. I, I mentioned it previous. He's got the second-best average finish in this field at, at 43 Uh, best driver rating in the field at 100 uh, second best to martin trex jr but uh, 118 driver rating he has just been so impeccably good here and you kind of have to just bet that whatever race notes that the team has the the mental notes that he has throughout the years coming here that they're going to that they're going to return and that he's going to show his his prowess uh tomorrow something that we uh that nascar dfs twitter has been mentioning this week and i brought it to light in in the article is the the left side tire being used is what was used at kentucky texas and the and um believe the two michigan the two michigan races if i average out those four races together guess who has the second best average finish it's joey logano at seven seven point eight course the best average finish in those races is Kevin Harvick so I mean if you're looking for even more reason to play Kevin Harvick there you there you go but I mean I I, I don't think that you can find a reason to get off of Joey Logano just outside of saying well you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stance against mm-hmm. a, against these trends and you know ownership wise we've got him sitting at 34 34% which it's high, but it's definitely not the highest uh, driver, especially out of all of these uh, dominator options. The guy in this range that I am probably going to have no ownership on, even though he starts second, is going to be Kyle Busch. Um, it's the weirdest thing with Kyle. This is his hometown track. I mean, him and Kurt grew up racing in this area. There's a little uh, short, I, I believe it's a little short asphalt track just outside of the Las Vegas called the Bull Ring that he grew up. Uh, racing in, and whether it be narrative that you know he just stinks racing in front of his hometown crowd or whatever it is, Kyle, you know this has not been one of his his better tracks. He has a lone win, one, uh, one lone win here at at Las Vegas, and you've got to go all the way back to 2009 to find to find that win. Uh, beyond that, he, the the most laps that he's led in a race here at at Las Vegas has been 56, and and that was in the uh, the 2008 race when he first started racing for for Joe Gibbs, he's just got a, a bunch of mediocrity here at Las Vegas, and you know something that you're big on, Jason, I know, is you know what are the drivers saying? How are they feeling going in going into a race? Uh, I don't know if people saw this, but uh, Kyle was interviewed before uh, earlier this week, and I mean he's already. It, it sounds like he's just pretty much given up to the fact that following this this round that he's out of the playoffs like he he doesn't seem to believe that he's going to do well here and then we go to talladega which i mean anything could happen there and then you've got the charlotte uh, road course so i mean kyle already seems like he's just given to the point like okay you know it's it's been a fun ride it's been a very disappointing season but but here we are and you know that kind of despondency from that and that attitude from kyle i i don't want any part of that
1: yeah, I, I don't like hearing that. <laughs> I don't like hearing that at all. That that just it, it sounds like a athlete that I mean has pretty much just said, okay, it's this the season's over, and, and you're going through the motions. In terms of two of these guys that are in this top tier, we got a question from Dustin on, on Twitter. He says, "Who's a better play, Kozlowski or Logano?" Uh, Kozlowski eleven thousand four hundred on DK, thirteen thousand on FanDuel. Logano. 10,300 and 12,800 on FanDuel. What's your take?
2: This, this, is, this is tough because I think Brad may be the safer option because of his place differential starting 12th. But I mean, mm-hmm. DraftKings and FanDuel are making you pay for that little extra place differential that, that they're throwing at you. While I think that Logano probably has a higher probability to, to, lead, to lead more laps. So I would say... Probably for the sake of saving the eleven hundred dollars and what that means, you don't have to do at the bottom of your roster. I would I would uh, be more inclined to go with Logano this weekend. Uh,
1: Hamlin and, and Truex Jr. are starting tenth and eleventh. Uh, pretty much the same salary on Fanduel. They're only a hundred dollars difference. There's a four hundred dollar difference on, on DraftKings. What, what's your thoughts about Hamlin and Truex where they're starting at in, in terms of? kind of what what do you, what is their path to being optimal tomorrow night
2: you are going to need probably if not the, the most laps led you're going to need the second most laps led for these guys to to be part of your optimal lineups and you know i I'm, I'm out on Hamlin this week las vegas he he really hasn't been that that good here his last uh six finishes at las vegas go 17 15 10 32nd 17 and six and two of those races he didn't end up on the finishing on the lead lap he's only averaging 0.7 laps led and 3.5 fastest laps during uh d- during these uh six races on average so i mean hamlin has not really been that good and hamlin's calling card at these intermediate tracks has been daytime uh has been afternoon into night races and although this is going to be a late start for for many of us on the East coast and central time zone. This is going to be a early afternoon finishing into the late afternoon. So, I mean, this is not going to be a race that they're going to be finishing under, under the stars whatsoever. I don't think this is going to play into Hamlin's hands. Now, Martin Truex Jr. He's a guy that you should have some exposure to as a, as as a potential dominator. He's got two wins here in the last six races. He's been nearly just as good as Logano. His blemish is a 20th place finish in the in the spring here but if you go back to the loop data pages and look at who was where uh at the end of the first segment and at the end of the second segment truex was there he was hanging around then ran into some issues late late in the race that in fact that whole race itself was such a weird outing because if you look at the if you look at who uh who finished in the top five of course logano won but then you had Matty D finishing second. You had Austin Dillon finishing third. You had, um, actually, you had R- Ricky Stenhouse Jr. finishing third. And then Austin Dillon finishing uh, finishing fourth. Bubba Wallace finishing sixth. There were a lot of guys that played pit strategy, and it paid off for them in in that race. So there's just a lot of weird things about that, about that spring race. But, you know, that's all to say that Truex, add them to your player pool, especially as a, as a dominator option
1: course if you want to get access to our ownership projections driver projections the top drivers tool you gotta to sign up right now for a nascar weekly pass you see it right there on the left hand side of the screen for 995 you can go there that link is right there you just type it into your browser or go to awesomeo.com. right there on the top uh, left hand side you'll see awesomeo plus click that and then you can sign up for a nascar weekly pass give you access to all the premium content and tools that uh, Alex puts together every week to help you win money. Whether you're playing on DraftKings, maybe you're playing on FanDuel, maybe you're playing on SuperDraft, wherever you play at, uh, those tools are right there. You gotta take advantage of them. I know uh, I base my lineups off of this conversation that I have with Phil and, and looking at Alex's projections, whatnot. That's how I put together my lineups. And uh, you know, and, and there was a, an interesting point that I want to say you brought up before we started the show here today, Phil, of because of the start time of this race on Sunday, there might be some good opportunities because of what the player pool could be.
2: Right. I mean, this is something that we run into every, every year. And I didn't believe, I didn't believe it when I first started playing NASCAR DFS, but it is a real, and it's a tangible thing that when NFL season starts, the field gets softer and you would think, well, how, how could that be? Because you're just, you're, you're left with the hardcore NASCAR DFS players. Well, what what what's happening is all of the whales who are throwing in thousands of dollars each week, multi mass entering everything that they can get their hands on. Well, you know, are you going to chase a fifty thousand dollar top prize with NASCAR, or are you going to take your money over to N- NFL and try to try to win the try to win the Million Maker? Uh, I mean, we, we know that the Million Maker is just a gigantic lottery ticket, but a million dollars compared to to fifty k, it's you know it's uh, it's no big question there. So what, what I'm, what I'm thinking is the last couple of weeks, because we've had Saturday night races that perhaps the whales have still been playing because it hasn't interfered that much with their, with their process about getting lineups ready for NFL DFS. But this week it's a whole different equation because this race starts in the late afternoon. These guys are either going to have all of their money tied up in the full day or the afternoon slate. And they still haven't gotten paid out from the, perhaps from the, uh, the 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 early games and then also they're doing research getting ready for the for the Sunday night showdown slate so there's a big opportunity if you're willing to play this weekend to take advantage of the of the softer field because the whales are going to be consumed elsewhere
1: yeah it's something you definitely uh, you got to take advantage of that's why you got up for the Osmo awesome Plus nascar weekly pass for 995 take advantage of all those premium contents and tools that we have and uh you know join the join the conversation over in our premium slack account for our subscribers that can help you out a lot as well kind of you know get uh, get an idea of how everyone else is is viewing this uh this slate now looking into tier two the first driver i want to mention Is Ryan Blaney starting 15th? He's 9,100 on DK, 11,500 on FanDuel. So a a little noticeable difference in in terms of salary there. Obviously, could be a potential dominator. And the reason I bring that up is something that you wrote in your preview piece earlier this week. You embedded a tweet in your story that was about the left side tires that Goodyear will be using here. And in terms of some of the drivers, in, in terms of Kentucky and Texas, where this package was. Was used this year, where your fastest laps uh, came from Blaney, who landed, who led, had, had 119, Emerald uh, 78, True X 40, uh, Kurt Busch 33. So, kind of talk, talk to our viewers about this tire package and why it is so effective, and how we can use it for DFS in terms of construction of our lineups.
2: Right. Um, for whatever reason. Goodyear decided, okay, we're going to run a different tire package here than we ran previously back back in February. The right side tire has never been ran before, so you know, good luck trying to trying to guess what is going to happen with that. But the left side tire is what we've seen in the two Michigan races. And we're not really talking about Michigan that that much because I mean you're talking about a two-mile super speedway compared to a, a mile and a half inter, intermediate oval but it was also ran at Kentucky and Texas, the back-to-back weekends, back-to-back weekends that were pretty hot. And this weekend in Las Vegas, I do believe the heat index is hovering around a hundred degrees. So you're going to have similar scenarios, similar situations, low tire tracks. So if thought, okay, let's come contrast and compare who ran well in those races and perhaps it translates into this weekend. And like you said, Blaney ended up with the, with the most fastest laps. Now, he ended up with the second most fastest laps, I do believe, in that Kentucky race, even though he barely led maybe two or so. But then you fast forward to that next week. The 12 team takes their race notes into Texas, a track that he's been pretty good at throughout his career, and he ends up leading, leading the most laps. And if it wasn't for a really weird late race caution, there's a good chance that Blaney inherits the lead and goes, goes on to goes on to win that race. So we say, okay, he did really well with those, with that tire package. We're going to Las Vegas, a track that he has been uh, consistently, uh, he has, he's done consistently well at. His his finishes here have gone 11th, fifth, 22nd, fifth, fifth, seventh. So I mean, just in line with the Penske corollary, a track that we know that he can get to the front at. He's done well in this tire package. It all it all adds up for Blaney if he. I don't project him to lead the most laps, but he could very well lead the second, but probably the third most uh, laps tomorrow.
1: Is he more of a play on DK as opposed to Fanduel?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I I believe you know at eleven five he's kind of unattainable on Fanduel unless you believe that he's going to lead the first or the second most laps in tomorrow in tomorrow's race. and you know full full steam ahead. But at ninety one hundred he 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 fits what you need from a driver that could probably lead somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 laps and then get 20 to 30 fastest laps.
1: Looking at the the rest of this tier, we got Chase Elliott starting third, uh, William Byron, 28th, Jimmy Johnson, 18th, Kurt Busch, 9th, Eric Jones, 13th, Eric Amarillo, and uh, fourth Clint Boyer at six Uh, looking at some, you know, I, I would say somewhat notable price differences between DK and FanDuel Chase Elliott, ninety seven hundred on DK, but twelve thousand three hundred over on FanDuel. Uh, to cho- and then the other one would be Eric Amarola, eighty three hundred on DK, but eleven thousand on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is it's it's been the weirdest tale with FanDuel where they just refuse to remove Eric's salary. Like not in remove, but in just drop. Mm-hmm. They he should probably be somewhere closer to where Eric Jones is on FanDuel around that. That 8K to 9K range, but they just keep they keep him elevated, so it it really kind of makes him unattainable on, on Fanduel. But on DraftKings, he's in the he, he's in the conversation as a semi semi dominator. Uh, you mentioned it. Almirola had the second most fast laps in those those two races. I believe Almirola ended up leading the most laps in that Kentucky race. If I look at all four of those races that use that same left side that same left side tire. Yeah, averaging 22.3 fastest laps and 43 uh, laps led. So, almarola is in the conversation as a second or third uh, dominator for DraftKings, but I don't think that you're going in that in that that area for for FanDuel. Uh, an interesting pivot off of Blaney is on DraftKings is either going to be William Byron starting 28th at 9,400 or Jimmy Johnson starting 18th at 8,900. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the preferred way to go in cash is instead of playing Blaney as a third dominator, you either go to Byron or you go to Johnson and you're probably going to play Byron just because he's safer with that, with that place differential. Um, Kurt Busch. He's a guy that should be in our minds as a as a GPP play as a guy that you know maybe get you a, a top five finish but oddly enough Kurt is just like his brother Kyle he has not been that good here at at Las Vegas you look at his finishes they go 25 39 fifth 21st 35th 30th only one lead lap
0: finish out of those out of those six okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Places, I mean, it's, it's odd how both the Bush brothers could be bad at their hometown track, but they have found a way. <laughs> that's an
1: awesome line. Uh, let's get a question here from uh, Wyatt. It says, uh, how do you feel about Chase Elliott and the Hendrick cars? Chase Elliott, 9700 on TK, 12300 on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, Chase's Chase's salary on FanDuel kind of, uh, it, 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 it's, it surprises me. But, I mean, we're talking about a driver that's starting third. And if you want to use that spring, I'm going to call it spring, but it was uh, late February. If you want to use that spring race as a corollary, Chase was leading after the first segment and he was leading after the segment, the second segment, he spun out all by himself, I believe with about 40 to go. And that's why he ended up in, ended up in 26th, I believe a couple of laps down, but you know, beyond that weird, uh, that single car spin, he was probably on his way to leading the most laps in that in that race. So I mean, you you've probably got to give Chase some some credence as a potential dominator this week. I I like him better for DraftKings than I do for mm-hmm. FanDuel, though.
1: Yeah, it's that's a noticeable difference in, in terms of salary. I mean, that, that's definitely something that uh, sticks out to you here. Um, William Byron starting twenty eighth in terms of place differential. Do you like that as a play, or do you think the salary is? not ideal in terms of that because there's some other place differentials that we're going to get to here momentarily that you like a little bit more.
2: Yeah. I mean, no, no doubt. Byron is, is expensive and oddly enough, when you look at his average finish in those, those four races, the two Michigan races, Kentucky and Texas, uh, his average finish was only 18.5. So that's not that fantastic. And his history here at Las Vegas really hasn't been that great. We're talking about one top 10 finish that would have been last year's fall race, which, you know, that's encouraging because that's where we're at again. But the rest of those finishes have gone 22nd, 16th, 37th and 27th. So, you know, you could be paying a lot of money for Byron's place differential without, you know, without there really being that much of a of a ceiling for for Byron. So, you know, Byron's probably the safe play in cash, but getting off of him in tournaments may be the may be the better option.
1: Uh, I mentioned about there's some other place differential, and I and I have four that I've written down. They're all in tier three, so this is the six K and seven K driver. So, um, and I'll, I'll, we can just talk about these East four. Get your take on the East four. And the four that I have is Matty D, Stenhouse Jr., Bell, and Chris Buescher.
2: Right. Okay, Matty D, I've got him listed as a as a GPP play th- this week, just because he doesn't start outside of the top 20 and his salary is a little up there but i mean since we're only really kind of focusing on two dominators this week you're probably going to end up with a little more salary than you're than you're used to these last couple of weeks so if you end up with uh D-Benedo as a as a uh, as a cash as a cash play i'm not going to fault you for that we go back to the spring he ran really well here he finished Uh, Second, we've got the Penske Corollary because the Wood Brothers is an offshoot of Penske. So you hope that whatever race notes that the Penske has, that it's kind of funneling its way to the to the Wood Brothers. Uh, You've got Stenhouse Jr. He's probably going to be the most owned driver in cash this week, starting starting 33rd. Now, he didn't get the uh, the the price bump that DraftKings normally gives to a driver starting starting this far back. I mean, we've seen him above the nine K range when he had. differential before so i think that yeah he's he's probably better suited for cash but we have seen a couple of ceiling uh races out of stenhouse here before of course we mentioned the third place finish in the spring you go back to the spring race of 2019 he finished uh finished sixth his average finish here since 2017 is 18.7 so i mean we're you know we're kind of probably talking about 12 to 15 positions that he should gain throughout the throughout the race christopher bell um another guy that's a probably probably better suited for for cash but we really don't know what his potential ceiling could be here at las vegas he had a horrible race at the uh at las vegas back in february uh the 95 team did not start the season off well they they played they raced horribly here at in the spring 33rd, and then they went to auto club and finished 38th. So, you know, we're going to say what happened earlier in the year isn't reflective of what that team is capable of doing. So hopefully, you know, he's more, he's probably more along the lines of a, of a 15th place finish. And Busher is your, is your tournament pivot starting 16th. I would not play him in, in cash, but he gives you appeal as a, uh, a 13th to a 16th place driver probably. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of hoping that he hangs around on the lead lap that while the rest of these guys priced around him, lose their, lose their lap. And thus they lose their ability to, to gain more points because they're just kind of stuck where they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, one of the questions, it's kind of a question that I was going to bring up today on, on the MMA show that me and Peter are going to do is like when you're building your roster you know, and you say okay. And let's talk, let's let's just say from a single entry player. Of you're gonna have that one driver that you're the most confident. It's that it's that driver in tier one. You're like, you know what? I want him in my lineup. But then there's gotta be a punt play, okay? Because that's how I, I always kind of look at in developing when I'm hand building lineups. I'm like, let me get the the first I really want. Let me get my my low end, and then let me kind of feel the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can do that with Chris Buescher being your low end guy, or do you think you have to go a little underneath him?
2: No, I th- I think that once again because of you know we're, we're not placing so much emphasis on getting multiple do- dominators this week as in three or four. I think you can do that where you can bookmark Buescher as your as your low end guy and then watch that average remaining bump up itself and say okay this is where I can I can work mm-hmm. with for the rest of my my roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something you got you got to consider here. As we look at some of the other ones in this tier, Matt Kenseth, who's starting 20th, 6,500 on DK, 7,300 on FanDuel. One want to mention this question uh, from Wyatt. It says, uh, oh, find, yeah, why?" here you go. Uh, are you playing any Matt Kenseth this weekend?
2: I don't know what to do with Kenseth, honestly. He's, he's cheap, but he really doesn't have that much place differential. And the last time that Kenseth raced at this track was the – the spring race of 2017. Every other race he's missed because he's been retired or when he was filling in for for a driver that you know they just they they'd already uh, raced at Las Vegas and he didn't have to fulfill that race. So what we get out of Matt at a track that he you know he's seen plenty of times in his career but that he hasn't seen since 2017. I'm I'm just not too sure. I've got him listed as a as a GPP play. You know, if you're playing cash, I think the the safer option is to go up to Custer or go down to John Hunter Nemechek. But, you know, Kinsworth could very well pay off in the same mold as Chris Buescher as a guy that moves up enough, hangs on the lead lap, and gains points via his finishing position and outscores everyone else around him.
1: Another question we got in relation to someone in this tier, that is Alex Bowman starting eighth, 7,300 on DK, 9,000 on FanDuel and uh why it says uh, how you feeling about Bowman this weekend he's cheap and he has okay track history combined with a Hendricks car.
2: Yeah, uh, Bowman is another guy that you could like it, Bowman's so cheap that you could potentially play him as a third as a third dominator but you're really not needing that from him so so to say. Like he uh, I could, I could easily see Bowman going out there, knocking down about 15 to 20 fastest laps, um, leading maybe 30 to 35 himself, gaining those dominator points, bringing home a top five finish and easily outscoring everybody else around him because of his finishing position and those few dominator points that he, that he got, you know, the, the key to Bowman is we, we always look to him when the, when the temperatures cool down now. This is definitely not going to be that that case with with Las Vegas and the heat that it's going to be, and as slick as it's going to be tomorrow. But Bowman has shown in previous races that you know he can handle Las Vegas in this same kind of weather, temperature, climate race at Las Vegas last year he finished sixth.
1: Yeah, something uh, in terms of uh, some of the the rest of the drivers that we've not mentioned uh, in this one, Michael McDowell. Uh, He's at the low end of this tier, 6,100 on DK, 5,500 on FanDuel. He's starting 17th. Uh, You mentioned a little bit about Niemannchek. You listed a a little bit about Cole Custer. Bubba Wallace is 23rd, 6,700 on DK, 6,500 on FanDuel. Tyler Reddick starting 14th, 6,900 on DK, 7,800 on FanDuel. Uh, Austin Dillon. uh, Here's one that's got a price difference between the two slates. He's 7,600 on DK. But ten thousand five hundred on Fanduel, he is starting seventh, though.
2: Okay, yeah, um, Austin's probably hands off on, on on Fanduel because you at that price you need laps led, and I I just don't know if that's what you're going to get from from Dylan. Yes, he's kind of broken the mold and he did those did that the, the previous weeks before, but Dylan is averaging zero point five laps led over the. On average, over the last six Las Vegas races, I don't see that trend kind of uh, re- reversing itself. And I mean, Dylan is racing great, and the fact that he made it to the second round—that's awesome for him for himself. So, yeah. does he have a top ten finish in him? Yes. So that kind of makes him viable on DraftKings at seventy six hundred, but that that doesn't make him viable at ten thousand five hundred <laughs> on uh, on on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, that's that's uh yeah yeah that's something you gotta take a take a look at it that that salary difference. Let's look at uh tier four. So this is drivers uh, at the very bottom of the tiers here, uh in the four k or five k and four k range here. Uh, Ty Dillon, uh twenty fourth. He's the top of this one. Fifty nine hundred DK five thousand on FanDuel. Uh, you know, and then it's kind of the, I guess the usual cast of characters. Um, I guess the only one to mention. Uh, would be Chad Fincham, 39th, ninth, uh, fifty two hundred on DK, but uh, bare minimum three thousand on FanDuel.
2: Yeah, yeah Chad. God knows what weird shenanigans are happening behind the scenes at these smaller, these smaller teams, and why guys are picking up rides right this late in the season. But Chad's making a making a spot start. I mean, at starting 39th, he doesn't have anywhere to to go. So he's not going to go in the, in the negative, but just what his actual ceiling is. uh, It's probably minimal at at best. This will be Chad's first time racing at, at Vegas in the, in the cup series. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably staying, staying away from, from him. Uh, If you're down in this range for your cash team, I don't mind Corey, Corey LaJoy at 5500 on DraftKings 4000 on FanDuel. He's got some place differential. He's done fairly well at these at these intermediate tracks like if you look at the race sheets, I've got the uh, the the daytime intermediate races averaged out next to the, the Las Vegas averages and his average finish is 22.9. So I mean, 5,500 for a driver that's going to possibly finish 22nd, 23rd, get you nine uh, place differential points. That's, that's, that's doable. The rest of these, the rest of these guys, I mean, you're, 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 you're taking shots, but the honest to the goodness fact is, unless you are going a um, Harvick, kezlowski Logano Harvick, kezlowski Truex build, you probably don't need to mess around with, with, with these guys at all. Like, at the at the most you might have to play around with with one but definitely if, if you if you find yourself double dipping in this area then you just need to hit the clear button and start over with your lineup
1: <laughs> yeah as mentioned you mentioned Cory the Joy Axes want to ask a question if you're going to dip your hands into that but uh we'll talk about some of the other questions that we've got in here but do want to let you know about a promo we have going on over right now at awesomeo.com for a NFL weekly express pass For only $3.95, that's right, $3.95, the Express Pass now includes everything you need for NFL Showdown and single-game contest formats. You get access to also Showdown, single-game player projections, ownership projections, the top plays tool when you purchase this pass, in addition to the player rankings, lineup, builder, light, ownership rankings, and the top stacks express tool. It's our best offering for an express pass. So head over to awesome.com slash join to purchase your $3.95 NFL express pass today. So you got to check out when you're looking to, to make those uh, NFL lineups coming up for tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Someone who I think probably said this very jokingly about putting Quinn Hoff in their lineup. (laughs) Um, I guess, give me, give me your take on that one.
2: Oh, just for kicks and grins, let's see what Mr. Half has done in, in the in the four races with this with this package. I'm gonna have to do a little control F here to even find him. Uh okay. His average finish is, is 32 in the in those four races. And he starts 30 32nd in himself. Um Half finished 32nd in the in the spring race. That was after starting 32nd i mean it, it's 32s for, for for quinn it's it's impeccable
1: Consistency, yeah. it's consistent
2: yeah it's <laughs> if nothing else it's consistency um to, to to be to be frank in this area i'm probably looking to either jj yaley and i mean he's the guy that i, that I always land on and it's for it's for good reason he's got he's got speed he's got talent you look at those four races that i previously mentioned his average finish is 27.3 that is better than john hunter nimichek ricky stenhouse jr and ryan priest and it's barely worse than alex bowman so pre uh yaley is probably your preferred your preferred punt punt play at 5100 on draft DraftKings. um yeah, he, he gives you place he he gives you place differential, you know. Other than that, Gray Galding is actually kind of popping off here uh, too. Yeah, Galding's only got got one race in these four races, but it was a finish of twenty fifth. And Galding in the, here at Las Vegas, we don't really have any information for. But I mean, Galding has been uh, he's been a so so driver, so to so to say. If we look. It was gonna say if we look at this look at him in this uh at intermediate tracks this year, really don't have anything else to go off besides that 25th place finish. So I think you're you're probably looking at Golding, you're looking at Yaley, you may be looking at billicky Um for whatever reason, Brendan Poole, even though he's back in his car, got priced down to forty six hundred on on DraftKings. So and he finished 29th in this in the spring race. If we look at what he's done at intermediate tracks and day races, his average finish is 30.9. So, I mean, if you absolutely need to punt, Brandon Poole might be your guy.
1: Someone had asked about two-fair punt plays. So, we, would, we, would you say J.J. Yaley and, and Brandon Poole would kind of be at the top yeah, or say, near the top of that list?
2: Yeah, I'd say Yaley if you're trying to find a ceiling out of these guys, but if you just need to punt, then there's no reason not to go with the cheapest guy, and that's Brandon Poole.
1: Yeah, it's uh you know in terms of roster construction, you got to figure that out. Uh, someone asking uh, who would be your favorite among these three: Stenhouse, uh, or Austin Dillon, and or and Matty D.
2: I'm gonna side with with Matty D. because I think he's got the the best access to to a to a ceiling out of the out of these guys. I, I, the the more and more I dig into these numbers, especially after looking at those four races with this left side tire package, the more and more I'm worrying about about Stenhouse.
1: Even with the place differential with Stenhouse though, starting thirty third. Yeah, it,
2: it it's like probably on on the on the worst end for for him. He could start thirty third and maybe move himself up to twenty seventh, and that's that 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 scares me. But then again, you know we don't want to get ourselves lost too, too much in left side tires.
1: You know, we mentioned about Christopher Bell's potential as a place differential. Let's go back one spot behind him. Ryan Newman at 27th.
2: Yeah. Um, Newman didn't race in this uh, in the spring race for, for obvious reasons because he was laying in a hospital, but you look at his recent history here at las vegas and it's been you know it's been fairly consistent 10th place in the fall race last year and then 24th 9th in the inaugural fall las vegas race and then 11th and 17th so if you're looking for something to put your hat on in the two times that nascar has raced here in the heat with the slick conditions at the at the track although they'd be for two different uh, two different teams the year ago it was for roush and then two years ago it was for richard Childers two top ten finishes, and you're getting Newman starting 27th. Um, yeah, I mean, that's – to be frank, if you're looking at Stenhouse Jr. or, or Newman in tournaments, I'm going to tell you Newman 100% of the time.
1: Uh, I want to mention a question that came in from uh, – on YouTube from The Truth. He, uh, he missed the first part of the show when we were talking about Kevin uh, Harvick, so we'll kind of rehash on that a little bit. And uh, his question was: uh, Is Harvick a autoplay? Obviously, if people were listening first first part of the show, they know the answer to this. But I did want to miss that question since uh, uh, the listener did miss the first part of the show.
2: I think in order for Harvick to be an auto auto play, he has to be the top dominator at that salary. At thirteen five on FanDuel, eleven seven on on DraftKings, you need him to be the top dominator. And to be frank, you look at the averages; he is and has been the top dominator. Averaging seventy-five point eight laps led thirty point three fastest laps. Uh, there, it, it, this is the the Harvick play is purely about him meeting salary expectations, and you know if we, we hashed this out earlier in the in the in the video, you can read about this in the in the article where I talk about it. Where he's been pretty disappointing this year as a as a pole sitter, but his one lone bright spot has been, has been when he technically inherited the pole in the first Las Vegas race, when he ended up being the top dominator. So I say for cash, you probably are locking him in, locking him in, but you have a multitude of reasons to go elsewhere in tournaments. I
1: want to mention a driver that I don't think we, uh, we talked about earlier and that was Eric Jones who started in 13th, uh, very similar pricing, 8,500 on DK, 8,300 on FanDuel
2: jones not safe for 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 cash obviously but he he's a guy that you could consider in, in tournaments i probably won't have any uh any owner ownership of him you know now that um i the, the thing that i keep coming back to with with jones is like mentally where he's at week to week because we still don't know what he's doing next year as per his ride you know the the 42. Came off the market. Chastain's taking that ride for for next season. Uh, the the big news broke that Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin are starting a team with uh, the 13 teams charter, and that's where Bubba Wallace is going to race next year. So times clicking. We still don't know where Jones is going to is going to end up next year, and I don't know where that puts him mentally. You know, he he had a great race last week, but what that looks like this this year, uh, this week at a race that he has an average finish of twenty two point five over the last six races. I I think I'm gonna go elsewhere.
1: Yeah, I saw that uh little blurb on on Jordan and, and Bubba Wallace. I thought that was an interesting interesting combination just in terms of kind of uh you know obviously Michael, you know, dipping his toes in NASCAR.
2: Yeah, and it it's it's funny that this was some this was a rumor that showed up more than two decades ago. Like Michael has been oddly interested in pursuing this and him and Hamlin became, became friends. Uh, Hamlin is a representative of the, of the Jumpman brand and they're putting their collective money together and they're going to, they're going to go after this. You know, I posted a poll earlier in this week about what everybody's expectations for this team is going to be. And most people think that this is going to be, a, a top twenty team, so it kind of seems like people think that we're just replacing the '95 team and transferring it over to this with 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 Bubba. But I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see just how much money gets put into R and D and what Jordan what Jordan really is willing to invest into into this team to have a a championship caliber team.
1: Yeah, that's something to uh yeah. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh Reddick, Redick is he starting too high?
2: Oh, we yeah, Reddick starting four, 14th. You're probably getting you're, you're probably getting him maxed out where where I would suspect him to to finish. He finished 18th here in the in the in the spring. Uh yeah. So Reddick... It, it it's tough to it's tough to see him outscoring everybody else just simply because of where he starts.
1: Uh next up, you know, someone asked about our favorite pump play under six K. We'll kinda of talk about that a little bit, but uh are, are we are we saying it's JJ Yelly?
2: Yeah, it's it's JJ Yelly, and if you need extra value beyond that it's Brendan Poole. Uh
1: next up, uh Lane says, Do you favor Harvick or Hamlin? Uh
2: that that that's easy. That would be Harvick over over Hamlin this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, but also, you know, for me, it's always about what's what's the ownership look like. That's what that's what I'm always going to look at. Of you know, hey, is, are is there going to be a drastic difference in ownership? Where you know, especially if you're if you're a multiple line player, you know, kind of you know, using that to your advantage.
2: Yeah, and looking at our at our uh, top drivers tool, we've got Harvick at 21 percent and Hamlin at 17 percent. Yeah.
1: So something to play into, of course, uh, yeah. this all goes down uh, tomorrow in Las Vegas. So plenty of time to get your lineups in. Of course, if you ever have a question, NASCAR question, you can hit up Phil uh, in our premium Slack account or the NASCAR channel. So check it out there. Also, you can follow Phil on Twitter at Race Sheets. Of course, this show is also available in audio form as a part of the Awesome podcast network. Go over to osmo.com We'll give you the links for all of that, of course. And be sure to sign up for a NASCAR weekly pass where you get it for $9.95 so you get access to all the great premium contents and tools that we have over at awesomo.com. So that is going to do it for this edition of the NASCAR DFS show right here on awesomeo.com.